This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. There are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and a recipe that inexplicably calls for bay leaves and you never have bay leaves, but does it really matter that you don't have bay leaves? Because do bay leaves even do anything? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. Nicole, today we're talking about one of the most ubiquitous ingredients in all recipes, one of the most controversial. I know. Do you know what I hate? What do you hate? When bay leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What? You hate bay leaves? No. You, and bay, bay, bay before anyone the, else. The laurel bay tree uh, that, that creates. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a colloquial term made popular by the internet. Bacon and egg, bay. <laughs> no, before anyone else. Is that actually what bay stands for? It's before anyone else? Yeah, but it's also no. a way to say babe. It's short for babe. It's both. That's one of those things I don't agree with. Ask. I don't. Anyways, point is, we're, we're talking about do bay leaves actually do anything? Because so many people have hit us up asking, mm -hmm. like, if I don't have a bay leaf, can I still make this recipe? Oh, man. Well, I think bay leaves do something. They do some things well. Wrong. No, no, no it's a conspiracy no, from Big not. Leaf, a division of Monsanto. The bay leaves Stop. are solely there because they are surveillance devices of birds, which are actually spies Stop. for the government. Josh, do not start with the bird spy <laughs> government talk. This is not the place. Oh, the this whole podcast is made about birds spies for the it. government. Um, I don't want it. Uh, Have no. you ever seen a bird's heartbeat? I've never they held a bird. One. I'm kind of low-key scared of birds a little oh, really? bit. Yeah. I, there was a period of time when I was super scared of birds. And then one time I just... <laughs> I, this is what I did. I like forced myself to be okay with birds. So I sat down on a bench with bread and I fed birds to get over it. I'm a big fan of like, what is it called? Aversion. Exposure therapy? I, I give myself so much exposure therapy. I have no idea. Okay, but no. Maybe bay bring in the birds. <laughs> oh man. Okay, stop. Bay leaves do something. I yeah. know this because I have, okay. I personally have baked and cooked and done multiple things with bay leaves. It does not make or break a recipe unless the recipe calls in the title bay leaf blank mm -hmm. or blank with bay leaves. You know what I'm saying? 
Yes. No, I, I do know what you're saying. And this is that's closer to my true feeling about mm-hmm, Bay Leaves. Mm-hmm. I do believe they do something. They yeah. simply wouldn't exist if they don't do anything. Yeah, they have a point. They've existed for for thousands of years sure. in, in recipes. I mean, you can go back to ancient Roman recipes. Uh, and I mean, they are used ubiquitously in so many cultures. Um, I love making Filipino stews at home. You, you know, I, lo- I love my sure. apertada, my calderata. Sure you do. Uh, I love my ginatang. Uh, big fan of chicken Is adobo. Is the blood one? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's, that's dinogon. Dinogon, sorry. Uh, no, ginatang. Oh, it's uh, a type. It's it's like a fish in, in turmeric. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, my God. So good. That's really good. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite use of bay leaves is in chicken adobo. Okay. And the reason, and I will chalk it full of bay leaves. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably add, you know, maybe six if I'm making a couple pounds of chicken okay. in there. But the reason I love bay leaves and chicken adobo specifically is because it's a very simple dish. It's vinegar. Correct. It's soy. I do garlic, onions, and peppercorn. Delicious. So, like, there are only, like, four kind of of flavor components, right? Okay. You have like acid, you have umami, and then the actual aromatics, garlic, onion, peppercorn, bay leaf. Mm-hmm. So I think the bay leaves will shine. Not only do they do something, but they will shine in recipes that don't have a ton of ingredients. Like if there's mirepoix in a recipe, for people that don't know what mirepoix is, it's a combination of carrots, onion, celery. Mm-hmm. If a recipe calls for mirepoix, do you think a bay leaf is necessary? I don't think so. But a recipe that's calling for mirepoix is probably also calling for other things that are similar to bay leaves. Sure. So I guess I guess this is why I think people don't think bay leaves do anything. It's because... Uh-huh. Typically, if somebody is making, say, like a beef stew recipe, right, it'll be like, uh, throw one bay leaf in there amidst <laughs> yeah. thyme, amidst rosemary, amidst oregano. A bouquet garni, if you will. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so you have one bay leaf competing against like 90 ingredients in five pounds of beef, Chuck. No, you're not going to taste it. Yeah. And if you did a side-by-side blind taste test of beef stew with a bay leaf and without, uh-huh. I don't think anyone could actually taste the difference in most recipes. There are some people who argue. Uh, I've heard people say that bay leaf, quote, rounds flavors. Interesting. Okay. Which to me, I don't know. I, I don't believe that there is like alchemy in cooking, if that makes sense. You don't. I think Why? I think so. Okay, I, I say I'll believe. I think so. I'll believe in. Uh, let's call it traditional wisdom as opposed to alchemy, right? If somebody okay. has been putting a bay leaf in a recipe for uh, three hundred years, and that recipe has been dating back from their grandma and their grandma's grandma, and their grandma came from the Azores, small island chain, Alpha Portugal. I don't okay, know why I went cool. there. I, I dated okay. an Azorean girl in college. Cool. She was. We should okay. go to the Azores. That'd be chill. <laughs> Anyways, point is, if you've been doing that for like generations and generations, I, I think there is valuable sort of wisdom in that. Sure. However, I don't think that people typically have the correct explanation for why people do things, right? Think about mm. the way when people say, like, um, soak your your livers in milk. And people have uh-huh. all these explanations as to why. Uh, the milk... Purifies. The milk liver. purifies and it draws out impurities. Yeah. And then you go, what impurities? Can you name one? And they go, ah, run! So you think bay leaves are an old wives' tale? No. Uh, okay, I don't... I think... I think bay leaves add a subtle, fragrant, floral flavor that is a freaking delight. Mm-hmm. And I think there are recipes where it can truly stand out. Sure. At worst, at worst, it doesn't do anything and you've wasted th- three cents on a bay leaf. Sure. That's, that's my mentality, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's somewhat of like an old wives tale. I think a lot of like this add a single <laughs> bay leaf can be just sort of for tradition's sake. And in a blind taste test, people wouldn't taste and, and again i'm talking about the one bay leaf recipes because yeah, that's yeah. what they all are that's yeah, what, like yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're really making bay leaf the star there are these things where there's one bay leaf competing against a million ingredients and you're not going to taste that and you can absolutely omit the bay leaf in that 
Sure. I, I Again, I don't think it makes or breaks a recipe, but Mindy made an amazing mm-hmm. point that my own mother also follows where she says, my mom always keeps a plastic bag of bay leaves in the kitchen. She throws those things in almost every single Filipino dish. She says it helps get rid of gaminess in some meats and adds more savory flavor to stews and stews, stews and soups. And I agree with that because my mom does the same thing. Well, in my culture, what we do with our meat whenever we're making stews is first we cook the meat in water. And salt. We, first, we put yes. salt on it. Then we put water, and then we might add a bay leaf or an onion. Do you do you drain the water? So you're we like do drain you're blanching. The water. So that we blanch that, our meat in our culture. That's what yeah. gets to me. That's what gets rid, gets rid of the gaminess, not necessarily the, the bay, bay leaf. leaf. Okay. That's, this is what I'm talking about. With like, there is tradition, yeah. and a lot of people might not know the exact science behind that tradition. Mm-hmm. Going back to the liver and milk thing, people say it draws sure. out the impurities. Uh, I think it was Harold McGee did a really good study of this. And what he found out that milk does to liver, it makes it taste like milk. That's it. There's no alchemy. <laughs> really? And people like milk is a good taste and it doesn't taste like liver. Liver has an incredibly gamey, metallic I funk. I love it too. But you soak it in milk. The liver physically absorbs some of the milk and it makes it taste it's like so milk. Porous. So it's not drawing. Yeah, it's not drawing out impurities. <gasps> it's adding milk flavor, which is a good flavor. We should do it with beer. I, I want to do beer soaked livers. And Why? I want to fry them. Why? I don't know. I want my liver to taste like beer. I guess. I do that too. I, I mean, <laughs> you know like how people say you're pickling your liver with, with alcohol? <laughs> we should actually I actually want to pickle it with beer. <laughs> a physical, it'd be like a PSA, like an anti-binge drinking PSA. Like this is your chicken liver soaked in milk. <laughs> This is your chicken liver soaked in Estrella Jalisco. I don't know why I immediately went to Estrella Jalisco. <laughs> I think Jalisco. you must be craving one. <laughs> I think I drank a bunch of Mexican beer on 4th of July. That makes a sense. A very American thing to do. Yeah, of course, uh, of course. And I had a great time. Best beer. What about recipes that like exemplify, like they're just like pure bay leaf. So when I was in culinary school, one of the first baking recipes that we learned was a bay leaf bunt cake that I made in school. Is that a David Leibowitz it recipe? Is, it is, it Oh is. my God, that is the... And we were just talking about how we're such crappy food nerds the other day. Yeah, what, were, what was the, the joke you made? The fact that we can name the I blogger. Love, what was the joke you made that just made me like oh, so happy okay. to be there? Okay, yeah, let's run back this inside joke and alienate half our audience. Let's do it. We're gonna do it, Maggie. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we we were shooting a TikTok and I made a breakfast ramen and I was helping clean up because I'm a very nice boy. Yes, you and are. And I poured, uh, I strained off the liquid so we didn't just pour liquid in our trash can. And then there was a bunch of ramen sitting in the strainer, and I said, "Look, look, Nicole." Now it's breakfast mazamen, which, of course, is a Japanese dry ramen in a bowl. And uh, Nicole and I and Trevor and V didn't get it because they're not like they're great cooks and no food. But they're not the biggest dorks in the world like you and I. Correct. Correct. We made like the equivalent of like a foodie dad joke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like those uh, those chemistry jokes. That was like a food chemistry. Like what did the glucose say to the nitrous oxide? Helium. Helium. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't. Don't know. I failed chem. <laughs> Never took chem. Never got there. Only environmental science. That was my peak. All I know is one of the sugars spells out nacho. Nacho. <laughs> Salt is knuckle. <laughs> okay. Back to this bay leaf bunt cake recipe. I was the biggest like anti-bay leaf person. Like, what's the point? When I tried this recipe, it all made sense. Yeah. The bay leaves were perched on top. They were baked within the bun cake when you flipped it Did you, over. You left the bay leaves in the bun you're cake. You're supposed to leave them. Oh, you're supposed to delight. put them on the top. Like, well, when you flip it over, it's on the top, mm. and they're baked in, and it has this beautiful perfumey flavor. You enhance it with orange peel, and it just made sense. I, it's like this is a flavor I've never experienced before because, like you mm-hmm. said, bay leaf is an it's like an adjacent addition. It's like not the most yeah. important flavor yeah, yeah, yeah. in a stew, in a more complex dish. But in this recipe where it really exemplified the flavor of bay, I was like, oh my gosh, this is mm-hmm. a trip. 
this is a flavor. It's kind of life-changing. Yeah, it's like, this is a flavor that exists. Holy cannoli. Have you ever tried fresh bay leaves before? Yeah. What do you do with it? I've never done, and I see it, and I buy it, and I keep it in my fridge for like weeks, and I never use it. I, I mean, to me, fresh bay has a much more pleasant flavor. I, I feel really? like a lot of the bay leaves, this is another problem that people are getting just kind of dried in stores. I mean, sometimes drying can intensify flavors, et cetera. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't intensify. It just it changes, right? Turkish bay leaves are like really famous, no? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. There's, yep. there's like California Bay mm-hmm. and then Turkish Bay is really big. Um, thing I did with fresh bay leaves, Nicole, and uh-huh. this is one of those life-changing little recipes. Um, got the idea from uh, Mercedes Saucedo of Casa okay. Coco Ice Cream, the ice cream that oh, I've been sure, obsessed with. I, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so she, she made a uh, salted caramel bay leaf ice cream, and you really like – you get the salt and the caramel and then you're just like whacked in the face with this beautiful floral flavor. And she is so That's good gorgeous. at balancing the floral. She'll throw like Oja Santa wow. uh, and, and other herbs into the ice cream. Wow. And it just like balances and rounds, not for any like alchemical reaction, uh, but just simply for the fact that there's another flavor that you don't normally expect that's like kind of humming in the background as a little totally. baseline. It's beautiful. So I made just a straight fresh bay leaf ice cream, just sweet cream bay leaf, steeped the bay leaves, gently heated them, strained it off, made an ice cream base. Yum. It was delicious. And I also had that at Union uh, Restaurant in Pasadena. Oh, wow. Um, I love Union. Shout out to Union for having <laughs> one of the best meatballs of my life. Best colors of my life. And yeah, they, they just made uh, this bay leaf ice cream. And like I was talking about, I mean, I as much as I crapped on bay leaves earlier saying mm-hmm. they're useless, they are a freaking beautiful flavor. One of the best, coolest Especially ingredients dessert. when you let them shine. There's another dessert. They take bay leaves. I can't remember where I saw this. It might be a Panna Spanish. Panna cotta. Well, that, oh, that'd be nice. Was that, was that it? No, that's no, what no. I saw. <laughs> no, they uh, actually dip bay leaves into like a kind of donut batter and then fry them. Oh. And you just scrape the donut batter off with your teeth, <gasps> and you're left with this kind of oh my God. lightly menthol sort of flavor, and it's freaking gorgeous. Is man. this like leaves a, are beautiful? Is this like a El Bulli or something? Oh yes, I've been <laughs> to El Bulli, the nine million dollar a person <laughs> restaurant that may have closed. That sounds like something that would be at like a yeah. astronomical restaurant like that. So I so I think what we've gathered is that bay leaf really shines in desserts, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think bay leaf shines in desserts probably because there's there's fewer ingredients to like really maybe sugar helps maybe the sugar and the vanillas and the oranges help. I think so. Help raise the flavor instead of mute it. If you were to use like basil or thyme or garlic. Yeah, I think I think what it is is that there's so few herbs that people use in dessert. Like typically, I mean, I know yeah. I've had you know lemon, thyme, and verbena, sure, and have, tarragon, yeah, yeah. yada yada. Um, but I think there's so few herbs that people use in dessert, so it's a more unexpected flavor. Yeah. Um, but also where it really shines in simplicity, uh, and shout out to Angela Davis, uh, the kitchenista. Oh, um, she's the best. Fantastic recipe developer, food Amazing. blogger. Her recipes have never steered me wrong. Oh, God, that roasted mango pie. Sorry, I'm going to get distracted. <laughs> uh, she was talking about bay leaves recently on Twitter, saying, if you want to taste the difference between bay leaves, just make a pot of rice okay. and then make a pot of rice with a couple of bay leaves thrown in. Mm. And I've had that before. Like, um, I've actually had rice that was aged with bay leaves and then oh, cooked wow. with bay leaves. And it's just delightful and fragrant. She, she recommended the same with grits. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, think about um, anytime you add one ingredient to rice, mm-hmm. which like one of my favorite things is, is jeera rice uh, from, from India. Sure. With the toasted cumin, cumin seed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it gorgeous. just it yeah. elevates the rice. I mean, rice is a vessel for flavor. And if mm-hmm. you just add one ingredient to that, you're going to taste it so, so, so much as opposed to like, you know, I don't know, adding a bay leaf to your buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> which is probably delicious. I, I don't know why you would add a bay leaf to buffalo chicken dance. Add a bay leaf to everything, Nicole. Oh, my god! The government no. needs to watch. 
Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You know what I want to do? I want to make a tea out of bay leaves and see, like, really what the pure, undiltrated flavor of it alone is. You never done that? No, have you done that? Yes. You've made a tea out of bay leaves? Of course I have. Why wouldn't you? What kind of pretentious uh, hoi are you talking about? I'm a fan of, like, the way that you are a fan of immersing yourself in frightening birds. (laughs) I am a fan of doing little experiments. So I remember when people started asking me, do bay leaves do anything? I thought, like, well... Let's taste some water, uh-huh. taste some bay leaves with water to see what it actually tastes like. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and it's almost, um, God, I don't know, eucalyptus might be a, mm. a little, <laughs> what a weird flavor. What am I, a koala? <laughs> what, am much. I, what am I, a guy who knows one fact about koalas, which is that they eat <laughs> eucalyptus? <laughs> uh, uh, quick aside, this whole podcast is aside, so I don't think I need to say quick aside. Uh, I, I was in the checkout line at Whole Foods with Julia, uh-huh. Uh, and she was like, oh, I meant to get eucalyptus. Can you go to the plant section and get eucalyptus? Does she tie it in the shower? Yeah. Ugh, she, Dude, I knew okay. It. Hold on. I, knew I was it. a doubter at first. I knew it. I was a doubter at first. And then I walked into her bathroom after she put the eucalyptus plants up. And I was like, this smells like a, a residential Marriott. Huh. I've never been to a spa. so my cl- I've literally <laughs> never been to a spa. So my only reference is a Marriott uh-huh. hotel. That's pretty good. And it smelled like a Marriott bathroom. And I was like, bro. This is nice. Yeah, I know. You should do that with Bailey. Yes. Yeah, single guys out there who embody the idiot dads from yogurt commercials, because that's what, what I think I embody. Every yogurt commercial has like an idiot dad. Oh, see, no. See, I think of infomercials that have the idiot dad that doesn't uh, know yeah. how, to, how to hold three cups of coffee. So, yeah, yeah. No, that, 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 that. Infomercial dads? If you embody that energy as uh-huh. I do, um, live live with a, a, a someone lady. with a feminine touch. Uh, it, it helps. Wow, does it make your life better? Anyways, I walk outside into Whole Foods and I'm just like, I have no idea what a eucalyptus plant looks like and there was no one to ask and so I just brought like a handful of things like that's a cactus and I'm like I don't know I can't oh, hold cups of coffee oh man no it's okay uh, I think there needs to be more bay leaf education in America yeah, I'll tell you that I think that's what it is I think we have been conditioned to say bay leaf ain't nothing yeah and but I it think, sure is something I think people need to start omitting bay leaves from more recipes so we can let them shine and I feel the uh-huh. same way about another ingredient what's that black pepper you know Sammy Nostrat said that. She said that salt and pepper are two different flavors and yes. one doesn't need the other. Uh, a, a chef buddy of mine, Chris Morningstar, said something to me. Um, salt is seasoning. Pepper is a spice. I actually watched him. Someone uh, was – we were doing a, this catering event and there was like one vegan person there. So we had to make one vegan dish uh, and uh, one of his cooks just cracked a bunch of black pepper on there. And he was like, I didn't have that in their recipe. And the guy was like, well, you said season everything. And he was like, salt is seasoning. Correct. Black pepper is a spice. I yeah. don't want that salt in there. And so he went in with tweezers and picked out. Oh, that's a little every, bit much. That was a little uh, much. Honey, it was honey, a teaching moment. He, he was not like, much. not like, no, I know there's like abuse in kitchens. That was like a reasonable thing to me. Um, to tweeze out pepper? If I, yeah. ra- if Perfection. I, Josh, if what, if I had a sous chef and they put pepper on something, I, I would make them go with tweezers and poke, pick out the peppers. I don't know. Come I, on, you know, that's if you're, crazy. I think that's like a valuable you know what you do? You teaching go like moment. You go, 
Oh, just blowing the food? That's how pandemics start, Nicole. Cheese and rice. You go, you go, you go. You literally spit everywhere. Yeah, I do spit it. The other day, I just drooled in a pan. Did you see that? I was holding a pan. I think I might have disassociated from that point on. I was holding a pan that I was going to use to like as a lid for another pot. And then I was trying to do the disturb thing. Uh, uh, from down to the sickness and then as I went it just drool <laughs> fell out of my mouth into the pan and I quickly ran to the sink and washed it so no oh one saw oh my god no I don't think I was aware of that if I were I would have just uh, you know just shut down production for about like 45 minutes uh, we need a deep clean oh, we're doing Josh's doing infected saliva there that is so funny no, um, that's a little Excessive. Okay, that's that might be excessive. But point is, what we're talking about, black pepper is used ubiquitously in so many recipes yeah. where it'll be like, add one crack of fresh pepper to a nine pound soup. And it's like, you're not going to taste it. There might be that subtle hum in the background, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about little things like <laughs> Carl's Jr. chicken sandwich, where there's a ton of black pepper in there and you really taste it. I haven't had a Carl's Jr. chicken sandwich in a really long time. You're missing out. I think they got the best budget chicken sandwich. That's another podcast, but they're not there. It's it's now like a dollar ninety nine because inflation. Um, I know, Uh, but it's really great. But that said, curse you, America! If you have like certain Indian dishes, like there's a Kerala style curry that I really love, Uh and black pepper really takes a forefront. Like Mm -hmm. it takes a starring role. It is one of the most beautiful spices, and I think we take it for granted, much like bay leaves, mm-hmm. because it's used so much throughout so many recipes, okay. right? And so I think when we start using black pepper and bay leaves, et cetera, it should be, like, focused. Focus on that one thing. Sometimes when you, like, add other spices, when you just cram the whole – I mean, I'm a big fan. You've seen me season my lunch chicken <laughs> where I just dump in just, like, ah, all-spice, ginger, yeah, you whatever had, this – you add some – some quite odd, not question, just like odd, like yeah, yeah. pairings. Well, I have a theory that all spices are the same. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not. But I think um, most spices tend to make food taste better. Correct. And more spices go together than you'd think. We were talking about this the other day where I was like, name me two spices that don't go together. And you, and you kind of mm. struggled a little bit. Mustard. What was it? Must, mustard seed. And what did we come up with? Like mustard and cinnamon were the I think two that were and like. Cinnamon, yeah. But even that, I mean, black mustard seed and uh, um, like, uh, what do they call it? Ceylon cinnamon? Or is that like a weird colonial nickname? I don't, I don't know. But like black mustard seed and cinnamon both used a lot in curries. You know, like a lot of flavors can harmonize together. But sure. that said, when you self edit and you focus on one spice, paprika. As some say, paprika. Why do you say paprika? I just think it's what hilarious do you, say what paprika. do you gain from it? It's like when people say culinary. Oh, <laughs> it's like you sound like an a-hole. do, man? <laughs> paprika. Uh, paprika is another thing that we we take for granted and we probably don't even know the flavor. I mean, I've, I've said this before. It's the flavor pepper. is red. Yeah, red pepper. Yeah, Tried red bell peppers? Uh, yeah, technically it's not necessarily a bell pepper. Uh-huh. Um, Alton Brown came at me on Twitter about this and he's absolutely oh, wow. correct. Um, but it's like a Hungarian version of pepper. They're actually nice. made from a ton of different peppers that have been cultivated. Oh, in Hungary and you know uh, they've now transferred to Spain and all that Uh, but anyways we take it for granted because like when I think of paprika I think of the little red dust on a deviled egg that you're never going to taste oh man good times good times but I haven't haven't had a good deviled egg in like eons can we just make deviled eggs for lunch I would love some deviled eggs you know we have like 18 eggs do we do Dude, that's 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 lunch for me. What are you gonna eat? I have a question. I, I don't know. I have a question. I was gonna say one more thing about paprika. What, what is it? What is but it? then you eat Hungarian chicken paprikash. 
Can you make chicken paprikash today? I thought we were having deviled eggs. What, <laughs> no. you, Nicole? Tell me what you want for lunch I don't today. Know what I we're, want. A little context: we're recording the podcast like two hours later than we normally record, <laughs> and so Nicole's just hangry. I'm hungry. <laughs> Josh, I have a question. Yeah, Nicole, I'm here to answer uh, your questions. Josh, why don't I see ground bay leaves on oh. the shelves of America? Do you know what contains ground bay leaves? I don't know why I want that voice. Uh, Old Bay. Shut Old Bay up. seasoning has ground bay leaves in it, but no wonder it's called Old Bay because it has bay in it, or is it because you get it on like the dock I think of the it's bay? The Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> I don't know. Also, I haven't fact checked this. I, I read one tweet saying that. I hope that person <laughs> <Sure>. was <laughs> was accurate. Um, but no, I think ground ground bay is probably just very overpowering. I'd imagine. Um, uh-huh. But. I don't, I don't see it anywhere, and that upsets me. I want ground bay leaves on all the shelves of America. I should, we should start a petition. Uh, all our listeners out there, uh, tweet at grocery. <laughs> I want ground bay leaves. And tweet technical. at Kroger. Tweet <laughs> at Food for Less. Tweet at them all. Uh, well, okay, so my favorite bay leaf story in media, and, okay. and this to me divided a generation of people who knew about food, and did not are all the tweets to Chipotle <laughs> complain? Have you seen these? Yes, complaining of that people found leaves in their beans, and they were like, <laughs> "What did you t- bring these beans under a tree?" And the leaf fell into it, and then everyone just absolutely dookied on these mind. people, yeah. <laughs> uh, saying like, "No, that's a bay leaf." Uh, and also, that's another one of my favorite functions of bay leaves is in a big old pot of beans. Um, but I also think bay leaves are a discount. Don't tell Nicole. Don't tell anyone I said okay, this. Tell me what's up, what's up. I think bay leaves are a poor man's avocado leaf. Oh man! Well, people mm. don't. Well, Josh, tell the people what the flavor of an avocado leaf is because it's not as common as bay leaves. So. No, it's not. So, but uh, beans cooked with avocado leaf. Uh, it's very popular in Puebla and Oaxaca. Um, it's uh, what is it? Oja, oja de aguacate. I think is the so. Name? That makes sense. Oja means leaf. I think. Uh, anyways, it is um, just this. I mean, beautiful, earthy. And fragrant. I mean, I almost don't have the vocabulary to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's also used in this dish called uh, michote de borrego, which is like lamb cooked almost like en papillote, like yeah. in a parcel. And that's maybe the best bite of food I've had in L.A. I've probably said that about a couple different bites of food, but this is up there in the top five <laughs> at least from the food truck uh, Los Originales Tacos Arabes de Puebla. The longest named food truck in the game. Sounds like it. Two um, lines, one two line. line. But but the, <laughs> dude, it's just all across the truck. Like it's <laughs> seriously one line, nine feet long. Um, but that said, that was when I I learned the beauty of avocado leaves. Uh, it was wow. when I opened up this foil packet and I saw like this lamb, these lamb chunks stained with chili, super tender and gelatinous, was resting on like a little bed of avocado leaves, and I picked up the avocado leaf and I. Went, and I sucked off the lamb juices uh, from the avocado leaf. And it was just this, I mean, beautiful, um, like not super green, verdant herbal, but like this deep earthiness um, that was so, so, so beautiful. So I recommend if anyone wants to get some avocado leaves from Amazon and try that with the bay leaves, cook some rice, cook some beans, toss them in there. Interesting. Uh, that's that's my favorite uh, non-really edible leaf. Cool. Yeah. yeah. One time I found a, a dime in my Chipotle. I'm sorry. No, no. It wasn't a dime. It was a nickel. <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to be there. Sad flavor. You don't know about cooking nickels? Nicole, Nicole, in the Azores, in the Azores, what they do, they have to import American nickels, so it gets very expensive to cook the cuttlefish. But what they do is they, they rub nickels. They tenderize the cuttlefish with the nickels. Talking about old wives' tales that, like, some of them— Stone I, soup! <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, what was Stone Soup? Uh, it's a it's a lady who puts a. I don't know. There's like multiple fa- like fables about Stone Soup. I think it's like an old lady puts stone in the soup, and then she cooks water and it like, tastes like she's like, oh, there is flavor. There's stone in there. I don't know. You ever heard about the cork, the wine cork and the octopus? Yeah. That's the thing. You throw the cork in and it, it tenderizes the octopus inexplicably. It doesn't, it doesn't though. No way it doesn't. No, of course it doesn't. no way it doesn't. No either. way. What are other cooking old wives tales? Uh, so I my my Italian roommates, I mean, they they would add like three grains of sugar to their tomato sauce and they'd be like, it neutralizes the acid. My nona said that. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? What do you think yeah. it means? I think I brought this up once. Like, you can't, uh, if a woman is on her, you know, menses, she can't make tomato sauce. What? Yeah, that's one. Like, it, like I don't think you brought that up. I feel oh, like I, I would have remembered. No, I definitely brought this up one time. You don't remember? Uh, no, I okay, repressed so it. I was watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey, as I do. And then uh, Teresa Giudice was saying, like, <laughs> I can't make the tomato sauce because I want my menses. <laughs> And then it was like an old wife's tale. You're not allowed to because you ruined the sauce. What do you mean ruined it? Like your hands? Or you hands about, what are you, you mashing the, the sauce. sauce with your hands? You can't make the well, sauce. That's okay. Now we're not even getting into like old wives' tales. These are just like, oh, this is actual systemic sexism in the food world. <laughs> uh, but Jiro Ono of Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Hot hands? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the women can't be sushi chefs because their hands get too hot from the menses. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> the menses. And everyone's like, I don't know a better word for it. I don't know a better word like, for no it. There's no science. And then it was like, what are, do we cancel 94-year-old Jiro or do we let him live out his I had days? a friend that was uh, a pastry chef. She went to Le Cordon Bleu and she had hot hands. Like she had hot hands. Yeah. So what she would do whenever she would do chocolate work, she would have a bowl of ice and she would dip her hands in a bowl of ice, keep them there for like 10 seconds, dry them off really quick and then go back to like assembling her chocolate like ma- masterpieces. And then she would have to put her hands in ice again. So maybe you might have a point. I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Next week on the podcast, does women got hot hands? <laughs> I mean, I have warm hands. I've been told that I have warm hands. I, I'm just sweaty all the time. Well, I you just, have clam- you're a little clammy, darling. Uh, no, I'm not clammy. I'm oystery. I'm like a grilled oyster in the hand, just sweating no, oyster you, liquor. You're muscly. Because <laughs> you're muscly. Oh, got him. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. Shh, it's a secret. And my secret is that I don't have underarm sweat or something. You ever see those commercials? (laughs) My secret, I handle my underarm sweat. 
What secret? My secret? I got hot hands. <laughs> I rub deodorant all over them. Uh, you ever deodorant other parts of your body that aren't your armpits? No, but I recently got into the organic uh, aluminum-free deodorant game, oh. and I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm sweaty. Yeah, I just I get the one with the most Ed Hardy like graphic design on it. Cool. I'm currently using Bear Glove by Old Spice. It's got a picture of a bear to let me know that it's for men because yeah. men like bears. Yeah, so David and my dad both use the same kind of deodorant. It's called Swagger by Old Spice, yeah, and uh, I don't one. like that. Mm-mm-mm. Get them on Bear Glove. It smells like a sorority girl. I, but I don't want them to smell like you. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> hey, first up, we got at, at Dare Blau Elephant. Tomato juice is the same as tomato sauce, and you cannot change my mind. Mm. Um, I agree with this. It's technically inaccurate, but the reason I agree with this is because then it verifies my theory that Bloody Marys are just liquored up Prego marinara sauce, and um, I don't like them. There's okay the okay tomato soup. I mean tomato juice and tomato sauce are cousins. Yeah, they're cousins. They're not the same thing, but they have you know Punnett squares relation. Similar, not the same. Yeah, yeah. Mendel, yeah. Gregor Mend- Mendel, yeah, 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 yeah. Punnett squares. Ah, we both fail at a high school science in the tenth grade. I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, um, environmental sciences. <laughs> I, I, talking about juice versus like puree. As someone who has screwed up so many recipes because I've never owned a juicer. Okay. And who has screwed up so many recipes by thinking, ah, uh, I can just puree this and then strain it really fine. You can't. You can't. A lot of times, yeah, you can try and cheese cloth it. Juice is a whole thing. You're separating all of the pulp from all the liquid. Correct. It's so hard to do that any other way. So they are different. But uh, no, I like this because it verifies my false thoughts, which is yeah. how we get into a lot of problems in society. Confirmation bias, baby. Okay. B-Gage Fitness says food is what the creator deems it is. A burger could be a pizza, just a bad one. Huh. I like this. As a person who constantly talks about the chef's intent, the chef's intent, mm-hmm, the chef's mm-hmm, intent. Mm-hmm. This is a good opinion, albeit an annoying one. This it is, is annoying. Incredibly pedantic in a way that I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So s- someone gives you a pepperoni pizza and they go, Enjoy this your is, salad. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, Enjoy your salad. You're like, Well, there, there's no lettuce, there's no dressing. If you said it was a salad, I want something crunchy and refreshing, maybe even a little bit healthful. And this is that. And they're like, No, no, it's a crouton with a cooked tomato salad on it and blah, blah, blah. Um, all they've done is made a terrible salad. Yeah. And if they present it to you as a salad, you have to judge it. as That's like Top Correct. Chef rules, right? They present yeah. like a, a steak might be overcooked. And then Tom Colicchio always comes in with, what was your intended doneness on the steak? And then you also look at the chef and I'm like, ooh, are they going to say mid-rare and I screwed up? Or are they going to try and do the old PR flip and hit him with like, I intended to make this steak well done, chef. Uh, and so you always got to judge my intent. I agree with this. Me too. At Samantha Gale 5 Canned tuna in beef top ramen, a delicacy. For who? Why beef? Why? Uh, I would prefer, I drop some canned tuna in the spicy shrimp, probably a delight. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> or even like a vegetable base. The chili one. picante one, that's yeah, a good flavor. I can't. The beef and tuna, it's like lamb and tuna fish. Ah, uh, well, have you ever had, have you ever had vitello tonato? I had, actually, yes, I made it in school. You made vitello, so explain what vitello is, tonato it is. It's rare cooked veal that you shave super thin. Is it veal tongue or I is it just know. veal like breast or I whatever? I don't remember. It's some sort of veal mm-hmm. and then you make a, <laughs> a, a, a very smooth tuna sauce. It's like you, it's like tuna salad with extra liquid in yeah, it. Yeah, and then you like pepper on some like capers and like yeah. stuff like that. And it's it's enjoyable. It's not my favorite thing in the world. It's, it's like to me one of the most bizarre food combos that like it's ultimately delicious. 
delicious, but yeah. kind of in a disconcerting way. It's like not my go-to dish. It's not a, I don't think it's like a delicious meal. It's something yeah. that I've tried once. Maybe we'll try again whenever I'm, I don't know, Croatia, Italy, where it's from. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And like, I'll never eat it again. Yeah. It's yeah. not a soul, it's not a soul satisfying dish for me. I agree with that. Yeah. But that said, there's, there's precedent for cow meat, albeit a baby cow, um, with tuna, beef top ramen and tuna. It made, there is historical oh, precedent for this. Speaking of pedantic and annoying, hi, my name's Josh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At Advaith Krishnan, mango juice will always be the queen of all juices. Other juices are just peasants tryharding. I love the use of tryharding as a verb. Mango <laughs> juice. I don't like drinking juice like that. Too I thick. I don't like drinking juice like on its own. Really? I'm not a juice drinker. Never been a juice drinker. At all. Even like fancy juice? Yeah, I saw you drink juice yesterday. Oh, no, well, that's... You got like a jug of an orange carrot thing. Well, that's because I needed it. Yeah, it's but, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Whenever... No, no, no. Like, like singular juices, I don't enjoy. And like, you need a blend. I need a blend. <laughs> but like, again, that's a fresh... This is so bougie of me. Like fresh pressed juices. Yeah, like, well, you're paying to feel good about yourself sure. when you do that, right? But, sure. But like I, like solo juices, like from concentrate, like I can't do unless it's grapefruit juice because I love grapefruit juice and I sprinkle a little bit of salt in there so my blood pressure doesn't oh, go all out of luck. Really ooh. good. Uh, I love that. My problem with mango juice is that it's simply too thick. I, mango is one of the most beautiful fruits. Possibly really the, is. I mean, what a freaking delight. Gorgeous. Um, that said, the juice to me, if I'm drinking juices, I want to be like refreshed, you mm-hmm. know, and there's something where mango juice is between food and drink. Yeah. And I know I already smoothie. talked about how drinks don't exist, but mango juice, it's too thick. It's like a smoothie for me. Um, give me a good mango aid and I'm down. Uh, no, king of juices, honeydew juice. What a crappy opinion that I stand by. I love honeydew juice. Anytime my dad's diverticulitis acts up, we give him cantaloupe juice. My mouth is salivating thinking about <laughs> cantaloupe and honeydew juice. Melons are great. Cantaloupe juice is really good. Pro tip, put like a thimble of rose water in it. Oh, you're done. That sounds great. I, you know, I'm big into buying expensive melons Yeah. at Whole Foods. I'll be like, never heard of that melon, but it's eight bucks a pound and this weighs four pounds. Let's buy this $30 melon. Screw it. The word melon gives me goosebumps in a weird way. Why? I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like the word melon. <laughs> okay. Okay. Phil Ray says, a Mexican hot chocolate will always be better than anything European. So I don't know if you ever had a, how do I say, chocolat chau? Chocolat chaud. Chocolat chaud. A chocolat chaud or a hot chocolate is French-style hot chocolate. It's very thick, very luxurious. Mm-hmm. We call it drinking chocolate. It's one of my favorite things. When I worked at a chocolate store, I mm-hmm. used to make it all the time. And I would make it special. I'd make it super thick for like the patrons I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I would also add cream in there for them. So I'd make it really luxurious and really fancy. I love Mexican hot chocolate, though. The mm-hmm. cinnamon and the and just the, the rough raw sugar. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. oh, it's just it's making my mouth out. <laughs> it's just two. It's two different experiences. I love eating that like unrefined. Uh, there, there's a brand. I think it's. I think it's called Chocolatel, which is like the Nahuatl word for chocolate. Yeah, is it the disc? The disc. Yeah, yeah. that kind of like rough, unrefined chocolate love before it. a ton of dairy was added to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love that. I think it lets the cocoa shine. You get a little bit of that spice. It plays on the bitterness. I've always wanted to try. The original, like, so chocolate, right, in the Aztec Empire was, I mean, kind of used like a coffee in a way. Yeah. It was a drink because chocolate has caffeine in it. And so it was a drink made with chocolate and something called agua de miel, I believe. Correct. Um, that it was sweetened with. And uh, it's this kind of like, you know, very sort of bitter, earthy, chocolatey drink that I've always wanted to try the original version of. And it was actually a coffee shop. I believe it was a community-run coffee shop in East L.A. that was making it. But I think they've since closed down. 
but I've always really wanted to try it because I I love. I'm not a super fan of just like crazy dark, like European dark chocolate bars, you know, where you get all the kind of dairy fat. But I, I love that like expression of cacao. Yes. Um, and I would really want to try that drink. So yeah, I agree with you. Mexican hot chocolate rules. Yeah, you have to use like a molonino or whatever to to mix it. The molin molinio. It's like it's like a it's like a, it's a it looks like a rattle and it's like mm. multiple like uh, thicknesses of discs. And yeah, it's like a wooden yeah. thing, and you just kind of like rub it between your hands, and mm. it like makes this like it like froths the milk for yeah. you, and it adds incorporates air into the chocolate, and it makes just this beautiful texture. All right, at Ugh Nikki, Dayton style pizza not being in the best pizza styles is a crime. What Let is me talk it? about regional Ohio food loves. I have so. What is it? I don't know what Dayton style. I once is. pitched a GMM episode that was um, it was like the international dartboard game, except mm. it was just a map of Ohio. <laughs> and they had to guess which version of chili and macaroni originated in what city. So because silly. there are three versions of chili with noodles. There's like Cincinnati Skyline. There's Columbus style Johnny Marzetti. What is? It's the dish. And then there's like Cleveland uh, Chili Mac, which I had on my recruit trip to Case Western Jeez, Reserve please. University. I almost went to school in Cleveland. I had a really lovely trip there. Nice school. Their business school is designed by Frank Gehry. Who? The dude did a Disney concert hall. All his buildings look like crumpled up balls of foil. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. He designed the Case Western Reserve Business School. Who knew? Anyways, point is regional. What does this have to do with pizza? Regional Ohio food insanities are one of my favorite things. There's something called Ohio Valley Pizza. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. Dayton style pizza, I don't know what it is. I'm excited to find out. It probably just has like okay, this one processed provolone cheese that we make in Dayton. Okay, Dayton style pizza. Thin crust pizza that's cut into squares rather than slices. Oh, wow. Dough and, okay. <laughs> this is not a good explanation. I don't know what Dayton pizza is. And if you want to tell me what Dayton pizza is, please tweet us because uh, I don't want to Google it right I now. don't doubt that you believe it's the best style of pizza. <laughs> uh, go Dayton Flyers. Yeah. Okay. Maddie Schultz says mayonnaise is only good mixed with ketchup. Hashtag pink mayonnaise. <laughs> That's our new band name. Pink mayonnaise? Yeah. Yeah. We're really like a riot girl band. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pink mayo. But pink, pink mayo. That's the And I'll come in there. It's like, ah, it's going to yell into the background, you know? <laughs> pink mayo. Pink mayo. <laughs> uh, we'll be a, an, an impressive gender integrated riot girl band where I'm like, and I'm Josh. <laughs> I know how to play the bass. <laughs> we're pink mayonnaise and we're for the liberation of all women. And I'm like, oh, Josh, I helped. <laughs> you play bass? I used to play double bass, classically trained. <laughs> you know that about classically me? trained. Jeff, classically trained. I used to play with a bow. I used to strum it. I used to strum. I used to, with a bow, I would just strum it. And I did that for, for all of a year. And then I stopped. Wow. But I could still like probably like strum a bass, like if I like remembered. Yeah. yeah. I know I did one year of violin when I was nine, but I was so bad because like we couldn't afford to like high five. <laughs> to like rosin my bow and my stuff was all broken. Uh, oh. and so at concerts I didn't want to drag everybody down, so I would just hold the bow above the violin and just not touch it. Were you good? No, I literally <laughs> wouldn't play. I was so bad that at the concerts, I wouldn't even play it. I'd just no! act like I did. Yeah. I'm sitting back so no one saw me. Like, Was it like an extracurricular class? Like, it, it, it was like mandatory. Like, We had to pick up an instrument in fourth grade. And it was either, it was literally violin or recorder. <laughs> you picked violin? And I, and I was like, screw it. Let's be cultured. I'm nine. 
<laughs> you know, let's learn about the world through the violin. I think I was in seventh grade and I would go to school at like 5.50 a.m. to learn how to play the double bass <laughs> like a like a dork. <laughs> uh, that's abuse. Picking out pepper from a dish isn't abuse. That's abuse. Making a kid go to school to play no, the I double bass. No, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And I picked the double bass because you want to know why? What? I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be a girl playing the violin or the viola. And the cello? Who cares about the cello? No I want to be a double bass girl. Are you yo-yo ma? <laughs> More like yo yo no. <laughs> oh God, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, here we go. At Rad Red Four, why eat alligator when chicken exists? Well, I don't know. What you did an alligator attack you or did a chicken attack you? How did you come upon this alligator? Because everyone says alligator tastes just like chicken. It kind of you've you've eaten alligator. Yes. Out? One time I went to an Armenian wedding and they had this alligator, cooked alligator wrapped around the trunk of a tree. Like as a design, and people were eating it. Uh, here, alligator. Um, forgive my ignorance. Alligators aren't are Armenian, correct? They are, I believe, native to the United States. Yeah, pretty much the U.S. only. Yes, but I went to an Armenian wedding with my dad yeah. when I was like seven, and then uh, they just like cut like the outside of it, and then like people were going with tongs and like picking the meat out, and then I asked my dad if I could try it, and he said no. And he that's like something a Colombian like, drug lord does really at their cool. wedding. Like that's yeah, a flex. Really it that's was really a flex. Rad. It that's was really cool. Dang, was it good? I didn't try it. I was seven, and my dad was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> like you're not trying alligator." Are I'm alligators like, kosher? Did that come up in the Torah? I don't think so because they're scaly. Probably. I don't know, Maggie, Maggie? Our resident Fel- rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had a friend. I had a friend bring back uh, alligator from like the Florida Gulf Coast. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I've had alligator jerky before. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Alligator's fine. I, I guess if you are somebody who gets off on eating something that could kill you. Which I'm not. I mean, technically, a cow could kill you. Yeah, you know, I got my thrills eating cow, knowing it can kill me. Can a cow kill you? Of course, a cow can kill you. A cow falls on you. <laughs> There's probably more. So if you're cow tipping and then you like lay inside of the cow, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, cows can kill you. You can drown in their poo. There's a guy that drowned in elephant poo. He was underneath an elephant. Elephant pooed right on him. I hate this and podcast. And it. I, I love this podcast. The people love the podcast, Nicole. We have to keep doing the podcast. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes <laughs> for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or and Henizada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, <laughs> check us out on YouTube. We launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram. At what, Josh? At what? Oh, Nicole, the Instagram? Yeah. You're talking about the Instagram? Yeah, oh, that's, uh, that's um, at Mythical Kitchen. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. <laughs>